This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Holdish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, The Whole Dish at www.mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. It's also available at blogs.esouthernoregon.com forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. The change in the weather signifies a change in our cooking as acknowledged in today's column in the Mail Tribune food section by Jan Roberts Dominguez, a longtime Pacific Northwest food columnist who offered several soups in her piece today, recipes for soups, along with a couple of other ideas for this fall into winter fair, so summer into fall fair, kind of acknowledging that the transition in seasons can incorporate some ingredients from both with dishes that sort of straddle both seasons. I think other people certainly are looking along the same lines for their meals. I had a friend ask me this week for some suggestions for a light kind of supper she was putting on for her book club. She wanted to serve soups and salads and presumably maybe some bread as a side dish. She thought that for one of her soups, she would offer butternut squash. Pretty classic this time of year. It's become a favorite. It's been spiced up from original versions with curry powder. A lot of people have been adding coconut milk, but it's pretty mainstream. Most people have tasted any number of butternut squash soups, usually some very good butternut squash soups. And so I wanted to offer her something just a little bit different that really would offer her guests a you know, some something they'd never maybe tasted before in that setting. And I ran across a vegetable soup that does feature butternut squash, as well as several more summer ingredients, some tomatoes, although good quality canned tomatoes could be substituted, as well as zucchini or other summer squash. This spiced vegetable soup is kind of special because it incorporates some interesting seasoning combinations, probably most so closely associated with North Africa, that maybe not everyone can quite pinpoint. Those are cumin, cinnamon, paprika, also hot pepper paste, such as harissa, which is very common to the cuisine in that part of the world. Fittingly, it also incorporates chickpeas and a garnish of feta cheese, which goes really well with this dish as um, a, a topping that sort of makes it more of a meal, including a few more fried chickpeas and a few more fried onions on top. This was published in the Los Angeles Times back in 20. 14, I believe, late 2014. I posted to my blog in January 2015, January 14th, under the headline, This pureed vegetable soup has a bit of a bite, referring, of course, to the hot pepper paste and some of the spices. It was adapted 
by the Times food writer Russ Parsons from the cookbook Persiana by Sabrina Gayur. And it really is a nice change of pace from those just very quintessential, still delicious, but kind of pedestrian, let's face it, fall soups like roasted butternut squash. I certainly have posted many other recipes for soup. My blog, even butternut squash soup, those could be easily found by typing just butternut into the search field at the top of my blog's homepage on the right-hand side. This specific recipe for spiced vegetable soup can be located by searching the archives from the drop-down menu on the right-hand side of the page. Select January 2015, page down to the 14th to that headline, this period vegetable soup has a bit of a bite. And I thought I would share this recipe to sort of complement some of the things that Jan Roberts Dominguez offered in her column. I believe it was a black bean soup, a broccoli cheese soup, I think even a corn corn soup. And, and this one would sort of round those out very nicely for sort of ushering in those fall menus, including my friend's book club. So spiced vegetable soup starts by prepping some vegetables and I'll go over all the ingredients. You're going to need olive oil, calls for butternut squash, as I mentioned, onions, as I mentioned, garlic, leeks, boiling potatoes, which those are the thinner skinned, slightly smaller potatoes. Definitely not a baking potato, which is the very, very thick skinned classic Idaho russet potato. You want a smaller, thin skinned potato for this recipe because the soup is going to be pureed um, accepting the zucchini that's added. It also calls for five tomatoes. The spices we mentioned, four te- teaspoons cumin, a teaspoon cinnamon, two teaspoons smoked paprika, three teaspoons hot pepper paste, such as harissa. That's widely available now. If you cannot find it at a retailer, you can certainly locate it online. You could also use another kind of pepper paste if you wanted a little bit more of a fermented flavor. You could use the Korean gochuang pepper paste. You could even substitute sriracha here. It has salt and freshly ground black pepper. Two 14 to 15 and a half ounce cans chickpeas, as we mentioned, those should be drained with the liquid reserved. A large zucchini, three and a half ounces of feta cheese. And then there's an herb oil that is used for garnish as well that can be made while the soup is cooking and we will explain how to do that as well. But first the vegetables need to be prepped. A one and a half pound butternut squash is what's needed here and this soup makes 10 to 12 servings so there's plenty for freezing. It freezes beautifully because it doesn't have any dairy that separates and I would highly recommend that. It's so handy to have a quart of soup and I love to freeze them in the Nancy's quart size yogurt containers. Those are like just about perfect for a serving for two people with maybe a little bit leftover, you know, two people and two small kids and stash those away. And they're ready to pull out on a night when you just don't have the time or energy for anything else. So 
10 to 12 servings, and this will take about an hour and 30 minutes total. I like to cook this in a pot on a stove and monitor it, though, as opposed to cooking it in a slow cooker or a multi-cooker, also known as an instant pot, because then I can monitor the doneness of all the vegetables. I feel like making a really, really well-executed soup involves cooking all the vegetables to just the right texture. Now, granted, this soup is going to be pureed. Most of the ingredients are, but there are a couple ingredients added near the end that aren't. And then you've also got those lovely garnishes. So you will have to make additions to this soup and, and adjustments. So I would just recommend cooking it in a pot on the stove. That's what this recipe is intended for rather than trying to use one of those other slow cooking or fast cooking appliances. So the one and a half pound butternut squash needs to be peeled, seeded, and cut into one and a half inch chunks. If you've never worked with a whole winter squash, hard shelled squash, you just need a sharp chef's knife. Insert the tip of the knife into the squash, trying to find a place where on your cutting board where it's not going to roll around, and just press down firmly through the skin. It should crack right open usually without you know, too much manhandling. And a butternut squash, unlike an acorn squash or Danish squash or some of the bumpy varieties, is really smooth skinned, really easy to peel. And it just comes right off with a standard vegetable peeler. You want kind of a heavy duty one, but what you would peel potatoes with. I have seen cubed, peeled, ready to go butternut squash in pretty much all grocery stores. It's even at Food for Less in Medford now. It's been at Trader Joe's for some time, Safeway. So that can be an alternative. Of course, it's much more expensive. Uh, it's not as fresh as, um, just handling the whole squash yourself. So one and a half pounds butternut squash, peeled, seeded, and cut into one and a half inch cubes. This is pretty easily doable in five minutes or so. Calls for two large onions. You're going to want to peel, and this could be a white or a yellow onion, also a red onion. If you like that flavor, it's a little bit stronger. Peel them and then dice them. There's another onion that it calls for that's going to be the garnish. So it's prepared just a tiny bit differently. And I actually would choose the red onion specifically for the garnish, for its, its stronger flavor. That onion should be peeled, cut in half, and thinly sliced into half moons. That's going to be fried um, later, right before the soup is, is served should also peel three garlic cloves, crush those under the blade of your knife. Calls for three leeks, trimmed, cleaned, and finely chopped. I've gone over this in my podcast in the past as well. Cleaning leeks really depends on how dirty they are. Some leeks are full of a ton of grit. Some are, are relatively clean. The best way to do this is to trim off all but the light green portion of the leek that the white and light green part portion is what you're going to use you trim away the really really dark leaves save those for stock throw them in your freezer with vegetable trimmings it's usually a notch kind of in the leaves that are usually right below the really dark green part that I kind of use as a little indicator where I'm going to 
cut and trim away. And then slice the white light green portion lengthwise just almost to the root. You want to leave the root there and leave it intact and then sort of pull that apart and run both of those lengthwise halves under cold running water. And that should wash all the grit away, sort of separate each layer. You know, the leak will, you'll be able to see where all the inner layers are. If it's very, very gritty, a lot of cooks call for slight dicing it completely and then putting all those pieces in a colander and rinsing it really well or putting it in a salad spinner. You can do that. It just probably is not going to be necessary most of the time with leeks you would purchase in the store. So three leeks trimmed, cleaned, and finely chopped. The boiling potatoes will be unpeeled in this recipe again, cut into one and a half inch chunks. And the tomatoes, five tomatoes, should be roughly chopped. Some of this you can do as the other ingredients are cooking. Um, the tomatoes are added later. The butternut squash, onion, garlic, leeks, and potatoes are pretty much all added at once. So those all need to be prepped up front. Heat a large saucepan or Dutch oven over medium heat and add enough of the olive oil. It's calling for two to three tablespoons. So start with two, might need three to gener generously coat the base of the pan. Add all those prepped veggies, the butternut squash, the diced onion, the garlic, the leeks and potatoes, and cook without browning. And again, this is just to maintain the subtle flavors of the vegetables. It's gonna be spiced up plenty later without caramelizing them, which can bring out some bitterness from the onion, garlic, and leek if they get too brown. So we want the vegetables to soften without browning for about 30 minutes, stir those occasionally, and, and moderate the heat so they cook at the right temperature as well. Medium to may need to turn it down to medium low so they don't brown. After about 30 minutes, add the chopped tomatoes along with the spices, four teaspoons ground cumin, a teaspoon ground cinnamon, two teaspoons smoked paprika, and three teaspoons, maybe start with two teaspoons um, if you're sensitive to spice of that hot pepper paste. And uh, the intensity of different pepper pastes can really vary as well, even batch to batch. That it isn't always um, a guarantee that a certain brand is always going to be a certain heat. It's they could vary pretty widely just depending on the year and where they obtain their peppers. Maybe start with two teaspoons of those hot pepper paste. That hot pepper paste, you can always add more. It's hard to take out spice. Give all this a good stir to ensure the spices are evenly coating the vegetables and then cover completely with water. Just to cover, we're not using a stock here. All of the flavor is coming from the vegetables and the spices. So we don't want to add a ton of liquid, just, just enough water to cover this. <clears throat> Add a generous amount of salt. The recipe tester suggested at least four teaspoons because, again, without using stock, it's completely unsalted. There is no salt up until this point. So four teaspoons, and you may want more. And a generous grinding of freshly 
ground black pepper. Stir again and continue to cook the mixture at a gentle boil until the squash is tender when poked with a knife. This will take about another 30 minutes. While that's cooking, you can prepare the herb oil. And this calls for olive oil, fresh parsley, dill, cilantro, and some shelled pistachios, as well as lemon juice, salt, and pepper. In a bowl, combine a quarter cup plus two tablespoons olive oil, and you want good quality fruity olive oil. And then a handful of each of the fresh herbs, parsley leaves, dill, cilantro leaves, and also those shelled pistachios, just a handful. Add a squeeze of lemon juice, the salt and pepper to taste, and then they're calling for combining this, pureeing it with a hand blender, which is also called a stick blender, an immersion blender. I find mine very, very useful in my kitchen. You could also do this in a standard blender or a food processor if that's what you prefer, but you want the mixture finely chopped by whatever method and with the consistency of pesto. You want to be able to kind of drizzle it, though it, it shouldn't completely hold its shape. Um, so if it, you need to loosen it up just a little bit, add a little bit more oil. Again, this is called an herb oil, and that's really what it's bringing to the soup is that richness from the fat, but also the brightness of the herbs. So set that aside to garnish the soup later. At this point, the chickpeas should be added after the vegetables have all simmered for 30 minutes with the spices and the tomato. Again, we had two cans, 14 to 15 and a half ounces each, drained the liquid reserved and um, a couple of handfuls of those chickpeas set aside as well to fry for the garnish. So we're going to puree the vegetable mixture in the food processor or blender. If you use a blender, make sure you vent the lid and that is to prevent steam from building up and causing the soup to splatter when you take the lid off. A lot of blender lids have a little um, feeder tube that take out but also put a clean kitchen towel over it so again it doesn't splash while it's blending. So blend that to a nice, even, smooth consistency. Add the chickpeas and their liquid and stir well. Adjust the consistency of the soup with additional water if it seems like it's too thick. Taste and adjust the seasoning. Then return it to the pot and cook for an additional 20 minutes, stirring occasionally. At this point, we're going to add the zucchini, one large zucchini that's been finely diced. This is going to be the texture of the soup. It's going to be nice and silky, but it's also going to have this, this tender zucchini, which I, I just think is a lovely texture. I love this soup. I, I love all pureed soups, but again, this one's pretty special. So add the finely diced zucchini and cook for another 20 minutes. You're going to end up with about three and a half quarts of soup here. While the zucchini is simmering for that 20 minutes in the soup, we're going to prepare the other garnishes. So drizzle some olive oil into a large frying pan over high heat. And those sliced onions that were sliced into half moons, 
will be fried in the soil when it's hot and sort of um, shimmering. You can feel the heat with your hand. Add an onion slice, see if it fries up quickly. And then if it does and the, the oil's ready, f- continue to sl- fry the entire onion. If it'll fit in the pan, if it won't all fit, it's frying batches until brown and crispy. This is a situation where we want that really deep caramelized flavor to come out. So it's really nice contrast. So the onions should be brown and of course crispy for a lovely lovely texture add the reserved chickpeas brown them along with the onions they're going to be nice and crispy as well using a slotted spoon remove the onions and chickpeas from the pan and set those aside so now it's time to plate up the soup with all these lovely garnishes it's best to serve this soup in a large bowl preferably one that's wide and shallow so there's lots of surface area for all the garnishes it's really attractive and you can just fit more on there (laughs) and so after ladling the soup into the bowl of your preference generously crumble on some of the feta cheese it called for three and a half ounces total and just kind of have to eyeball it to see how much each portion should get maybe some people won't want the feta cheese if you're serving this buffet style of course again for something like a gathering and put the feta on the side people can do it themselves after putting on the feta drizzle on a couple tablespoons of the herb oil and then top with the reserved crispy fried onions and chickpeas again that makes 10 to 12 servings of spiced vegetable soup from the cookbook Persiana. And this recipe can be found on my blog, The Whole Dish, from January 14th, 2015. Again, search the archives by selecting from the drop down menu on the right hand side of the page and find it under the headline This pureed vegetable soup has a bit of a bite. And thank you for tuning into The Whole Dish.